0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Nothing Ode podcast. As always, uh, we have another great show lined up for you, which we will get to in in just a minute. But before we do, I have to thank our amazing sponsors. As always, Season 2 is brought to you by Modus Nation. They can be found at modusnation.com. If you haven't checked them out, please do. They have awesome clothing, awesome people. Uh, Ben and Lindsay are doing an amazing job. say it every time because they deserve it. They uh, deserve your support make great stuff they donate a lot of their their proceeds to charities both uh, local and veteran charities and they're really doing their best to help out the uh, the community and help out uh, other veterans that are kind of on the same path so please check them out uh, give them your support Uh, they were generous enough to to sponsor the show for this season and also they were extremely generous and offered a coupon code for our listeners, and that code is nothing owed. That'll get you a discount at the ModusNation.com store. So please, uh, please check them out. Go give them your support. Buy some gifts. I know uh, Father's Day is past, but uh, I'm sure your dad won't mind if he gets a, a belated Father's Day gift or the other uh, special people in your life. So please check them out. And also, to uh, want to mention some of our other honorable mentions that help us out with the show: uh, Aaron Mesa from Grind Ops Coffee. He's doing an amazing job there, too. He's he's really coming up with some great coffee blends, some great coffee flavors. Um, he's not just rebagging coffee that uh, you can find on the shelf. He's actually taking the time to to select a specific roasted coffee that uh, that he knows you're going to like. I've tried it myself. I'm a customer. Uh, I know Ben and Lindsay have, uh, last I checked, thrown out all their other coffee and uh, have completely gone all in on uh, Grind Ops coffee, and they deserve it. So please check him out. Uh, Aaron is a law enforcement officer, canine handler, and just a general supporter of all things American. So please uh, give him your your support. And last but not least, uh, i always like to mention Winfield Watch. Um, I'm a big fan of their company. They make great products. Uh, Mark is an awesome guy as well. We try to support people on this show that have the same values that we do and give back to the community and are kind of on their path of reinvention we'll say and mark is definitely doing that he's definitely generous with his time helping out uh, everywhere he can but uh, he also makes a great product so please uh, check out winfieldwatch.com they periodically run specials on their on their watches so check them out for the uh, most current sale however i would encourage you to buy the watch even without a sale because they are they're very nice watches Um, i think they're well worth the money they probably should sell for a little bit more to be honest they're, they're great watches, good company. Uh, you won't be disappointed. So please uh, check out Winfield Watch. But uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to myself again and get into our latest show. I know you guys are going to enjoy this one, but I hope you guys are having a great day and enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nothing Old podcast. As always, you're here with Ben and Brian. And as always, we have another amazing guest, uh, Drew Phoenix Cuthbert from a BJJ uh one of the most important things about him is he is a marine which i know ben is wow. extremely happy about but uh drew has an awesome story just we wanted uh, wanted him to share it with uh, with you guys so uh, we'll get into that in just a second but uh, before we do i want to turn it over to ben so he can uh, tell us what's new tell us uh, any fun stories he's got going on and then we'll turn it over to drew and, and say hi to him so ben hi ben what's new what's going on what's shaking
1: you know, just another day living the dream. Uh, it's like 103,000 million degrees here in Las Vegas today. So, uh, Drew and I were talking beforehand. It feels like I'm, we're, we're back in the desert. So, uh, I am in the desert, but (laughs) you missed it it. so much,
2: huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it's like living on the moon here, uh, in Las Vegas, but, uh, I'm excited. I, you know, I'm not even mad that Drew's a Marine. I'm not even mad. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just going to start admitting the fact that Marines are my heroes. They're my idols. Um, you know, if we could all grow up to be a Marine, I guess we'd all be okay. Right guys?
2: Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> right.
0: Kill. It's about and time you got it right, bro. Uh, it's yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. also yeah. forgot the part about the far superior dress uniforms. that I, w- been- I
1: will give you that. No question <laughs> asked. The Marine dress <laughs> uniforms are are by far, uh, the best uniforms out there, no question. Hey. hey,
2: but you know something? I will admit though, our PT uniforms suck. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Suppose, supposedly the corps is getting new ones. I, I read they were—they're uh they're doing some kind of field test on some fancy like army-type PT uniforms. Have you seen that? <laughs> nah, I was fancy
1: that. like name brand with like Under Armour stuff. Yeah, it's high-speed army, you know. Wow, well, you guys get all the Navy leftovers, although. I will admit the navy, uh, the officer white dress uniform is pretty classy too. That's a sharp looking, like the Top Gun
2: graduation. Oh, uh, our dress blues with the white pants, bro. Those that fucking white uniform can't can't hold the candle. No, now. no, 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 no question, no question. I'm not <laughs> yeah, even arguing with a, a Marine <laughs> with the
1: high and tight. That's in shape, you know. Is uh, yeah, it's uh. Now we're getting a little. We're getting a yeah. little fruity here, but, you know.
2: But, but that's I, still a beautiful man. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, no, I got you. In, <laughs> fact, in fact, for the listeners, we, we don't post the video, but uh, but we, we do video on these Zoom calls while COVID's going, or not COVID, but, you know, in this time and era so we can reach out to Drew. He's down in Florida. First thing I said when the video came on, you guys won't be able to see it unless you go to his Instagram. I said, what a beautiful man beard. <laughs> Drew, Drew has a beard. That every man on this planet uh, envies, including myself. So now we're done with all the fruity talk. Let's get on with the serious stuff. Uh, You know, Yeah. anyway.
0: (laughs) I got to tell you, she. She, she Go follow Jeremy. Yeah. And he's wearing an aggressive cuddler t shirt for all you ladies out there. So.
1: Oh, yeah. He's 14. Don't don't let my lady
0: hear that shit. She's Puerto (laughs) Rican, bro. You're going to get me cut. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Stabbed. i meant i meant he's not wearing that shirt and his beard is terrible so all you ladies out there that can't see the video
2: yeah
0: drew is out of shape not very good looking don't even bother don't even mess with it yeah, we, <laughs> just, we just got <laughs> drew killed i know man hey so now that we've totally derailed the show man <laughs> we can turn it over to you. Right. i got ADD like a motherfucker let's go <laughs> well in that case now it's your turn drew why don't you tell us about yourself uh tell us where you came from your background uh yeah, because you have an awesome story, so I know our listeners like to hear it. So please introduce yourself. Tell the audience how you're doing, where you where you came from, all that good stuff. Uh, so my name is Drew.
2: I was born in Miami. Uh, I went to Marine Corps when I was 17. I actually turned 18 in boot camp. I uh, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I grew up. I grew up until like eight or nine. And that's, like, when my father was, like, le- like leaving the house a lot, going and coming. And then at 14 is when he left. So I feel like at that point, that's, like, when I started trying to figure out how to be a man. Mm-hmm. And at 17, that's when I was, like, I seen a Marine in uniform. And it was so funny because me and my best friend, we go into the Marine Corps you know, recruiter's office. And my best friend was, like, hey, you got anything in the med- the medical field? And he was, like, we don't fix people, we break them. <laughs> and he said, like, No, no, he's like, We don't fix people, we kill them because he, he was a Jamaican dude. And I was just like, What? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was so funny. And then I saw the We Don't Promise You a Rose Garden poster. Yeah. Once I saw that, I was like, Oh, yeah, I don't want the Rose Garden because I figured if I could do the hardest branch of the military, I could do anything. So that's what led me to the Marine Corps. Very cool. Say that again. The what? If I could do the hardest branch of the military, the best branch of the military. Right. going I do anything? Oh, <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, we're gonna leave that alone. Um, we'll <laughs> leave that alone. <laughs> right. So then I go to I go to Iraq when I was nineteen. And what year Iraq was this? Was, huh? What year was this? 05-06. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I went to Iraq when I was 05-06, and uh, I did something sneaky. When, when I was in Iraq, I was like, okay, I don't want to keep going back and forth to war, but I also don't want to go back stateside, right? So I was like, what can I do during my first enlistment so that I could, I could like, stay overseas? Then I found out about M- M- MSG duty. And for all those that don't know, there's you Guard embassies. And only Marines can do it. So what I did is I put the paperwork in while I was in Iraq when we were a part of Two MeF Forward. Okay. Right. I wasn't a part of my my original chain of command. So I put in my MSG package, got it approved, and then when I came back to my 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 regular unit, I came back with orders and they were like, "How the hell do you have orders to go on MSG?" And I was just like, "Got my signature bitches. I'm checking out <laughs> now." <laughs> so, I checked out early cuz that's that's just the type of person I am. I don't I don't really see obstacles. I just see them as opportunities for me to just figure out how to get whatever the hell I want right so i go on msg duty and it was literally the funnest time of my life we i I was in west africa oh wow uh, yeah i went to west africa spent a year out there and it was so cool because i got to really connect with the people because i'm the type of person that if i if i get around people of a different culture i want to learn about the culture i want to immerse myself in it i'm not going to be the american that goes overseas that just tries to live like an american like no I was yeah. in Africa, walking amongst them, going in markets, haggling with people, getting art, eating food and like where where locals go. Uh, I was eating with the locals because there's one thing that they do where they put like like a big bowl of rice, like big thing of rice and put like a big lamb on there. And then you just eat. Everybody has like their own little section. You yeah, wash yeah. your hands and they just eat with your hands. Yeah. Coolest thing. Ever. So I was in. So I did that for a year uh in in, uh, in west africa i was in guinea and i actually seen qaddafi really yeah when he was trying to unite the states of africa i seen he came to guinea and it was me and i had this uh, other guy who worked at the embassy his name was mike and they used to call him grand bandi and they used to call me piti bandi so big bandit little bandit yeah <laughs> All right because and we we were like amongst the locals learning french from them like we because they spoke french over there and like I said, he was Garbani, I was Piti Bandi. So we go, we, we're walking in the neighborhood one day, and we see like this convoy, and people are out, and people are like cheering, and Gaddafi's just right on top of his car, just waving at everybody. And I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" But that's when he was trying to unite the states of Africa and like create the Afro dollar and all that. So I got to experience that. So then I go to I go to China next for my next post, and it was during the Olympics. Hmm. wow okay yeah china was cool china was cool uh the only thing about china though is that it was a high threat post as far as like intel threats like people are always trying to get information from you like oh hey you're marines you know they're always trying to get intel from you so uh, i went to china and i and i didn't like it too much and then it was the first time i worked with a female marine Mm -hmm. and uh, she tried to chew my ass and she was a sergeant I was a sergeant I really didn't like it and uh, she she kept we kept bumping heads bumping heads bumping heads till one day uh, we were on the embassy phone and I just lost it and I was like bitch will you shut the fuck up the only time in my life I ever called a female a bitch and I got in trouble for it they busted me down from sergeant to corporal oh, yeah shit. I was such a good sergeant the marine corps made me one twice <laughs> yeah well, so yeah I got busted down but when I got, I got sent back to the States and they tried to send me back to the fleet and I appealed, I, I, I appealed my NJP, I appealed like everything. I requested masks. I was like, this is the first time I got in trouble. Like, come on. And I was such a pain in the ass that they were like, look, we're going to let you go back on the program. So we're going to send you somewhere else, but we're not giving you your rank back. I was like, all right. You know, so then I go back to West Africa, a different country this time have a blast because I already knew the ins and outs and I already knew how to speak right. French. So I was, it was a blast. So, uh, I get back home, I get back home now. And the week that I got back, that's when I started training jujitsu. Okay. okay. And then I was training jujitsu for two years. I was training twice a day. I was, uh, training twice a day. I was teaching kids, Uh, working at the gym, going to college. Like, I was living the dream. I had bought a house. I bought a house when I was 22, coming off of MSG duty. Yeah. Bought a house when I got out. And then I tore my ACL. When I tore my ACL, I was in the best shape of my life. I was was with this girl. uh, And at that point, we were, like, having, like, like, fun in our relationship. And... I started to get depressed. I started to lean on her with all my emotional shit. I started having nightmares. I used to have nightmares of things I experienced in Iraq, but in like a Vietnam setting, like it was the weirdest thing in the world. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Like it, like I, and the one time I remember I had a dream that like somebody threw a grenade at me, but it was like in a Vietnam setting, but it was Iraq, but it was weird. And, uh, It's like right before the the grenade like went off, like I pissed myself and I was like, what the fuck? Like I woke up. I was actually next to her. So it was a lot of things going on. And uh, like I said, I got super depressed. I started gaining weight, couldn't do jujitsu, had to get the surgery, uh, went to the VA for help, got prescribed so many medications. And one of them was the antidepressant. And it says suicidal ideation was a possible side effect. And just like one day I like looked at that label and it just kept like jumping out at me. And I was like, yo, like there has to be a way for me to turn this around for me to fix myself. So I can inspire others to do the same. And how long were, how
0: long were you taking those medications?
2: I don't, I don't you, remember. Okay. I don't remember, but I know, I know it made me feel like shit. Like and I didn't like it. And I was drinking it, on top of it. I was drinking myself stupid. Okay.
1: Yeah, you know, we, we were talking about this beforehand. I cannot believe I didn't know this. That every every uh, antidepressant has that bl- that black label warning of of possible suicidal tendencies, and that's that's insane to me that we're handing veterans anybody for that matter it doesn't it has to be a veteran anybody for that matter we're handing them antidepressants to fix their depression, but it may cause you to commit suicide. I mean, you wonder why we have, you know, 22-a-day veterans committing suicide, you know? Um, Yeah. It's insane. That's insane to me when you told me that. like,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It is insane. And I
2: don't understand how people can't put two and two together. It's just like a lot of people quote the 22-a-day. And a lot of people that's way smarter than me, like, know the statistic. And also, like, when it comes to the VA, right, what we have to understand is the military – uh, they created a system that we all could be dependent on, right? We didn't have to worry about money. We didn't have to worry about housing. We didn't have to worry about what to do. There's nothing that we had to worry about. It was just show up, complete the mission. That's it. You had your, you, what you had to do for the day. If you're overseas, you had your mission for the day, but it was always so regimented. You didn't have to worry about anything. You, you became dependent on this system. You know, right? that's, that's one of the things I say
1: I miss about the Army is, is you know, when people... When you're having a crappy day at whatever job you do, I look at people and I go, you know, when you're in the Army, they told you where to be, what to wear, when to eat, when to go home, what to say, where to walk, how to walk. You know, there was really, they take all of that decision process away from you. Like, the only thing, I mean, there's other stresses and there's severe stress involved, but the one thing, I actually miss that. Like, the fact that I don't have to worry about all that crap. I don't have to pay my rent. I don't have to pay my utilities. I don't have uh medical insurance and co-pays and, you know, all that stuff is taken away from you. Now you got to worry about maybe getting a grenade thrown at you, but you know, that's enough. <laughs> at least you're with your buddies, bad. you know what I mean? But you know, I, I, I actually miss that about the military that they, some days, not all days, but some days, you know, that, that it's, it's just, it's, there's no decisions, you know, for you. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, ma- it makes it easy when you're when you're just able to focus on one thing, right? Mission accomplishment, then troop welfare. Yep. Right. Accomplish the mission, take care of your homies. Yep. That was it. That was what life was, and it's easy. It's yep. easy when you could just hyper focus in on that, and I feel like that's why they make it that way so that you could complete missions. Well, they have to. Right? If yeah. You were, if you were sitting there having
1: a hundred things that were crossing your mind in the middle of a firefight or as you're walking into a firefight, like it, it doesn't work. Right. It just, it, doesn't it just work. doesn't work. Yeah. It
2: doesn't. It's work. all about the man to the left and the right of you. That's why they tell us that shit. We fucking double it up. And it's like, yeah, it's about the man to the left and right. Cause that's, yeah. that's really the only thing that matters right then and there. Yeah. No. And then, uh, but you, you have, but you see like day one of boot camp, they're breaking us down to who we were. They're taking that, they're breaking us down to individuals and, and raising us up to be, you know, Marine soldiers, airmen, uh sailors whatever it is that they're they're, they're turning us into and they re- we reinforce that behavior for the for the remainder of our contract the problem the problem is is that when we get out we don't receive the proper training to undo that just to reclaim our I. you know i don't know how they do it in the army but in the marine corps you can't say i me or my for the first three months you know it's um, this recruit that recruit these recruits You had to speak in third person. So just the just the mind fuck or the mind brainwashing that that, that happens, right? Doesn't really get undone. And I feel like that's the biggest problem that veterans are facing is that we don't learn how to reclaim our I, right? Which doesn't allow us to create a why. Like, why are we living a purpose? Like we don't understand our purpose because our purpose was so wrapped up into our military service. Then We're so dependent on the DOD system that when we get transferred into the VA system, we start looking for that. Like we start looking to depend on them like that. And they're not a system that is equipped for all of us.
1: Yeah, it's gotten better, but it is still far <laughs> from where it needs to be.
2: It is, but it, I feel like it was never made to take care of all of us. It's too, it, There's too many of us, yeah. right? Because they're dealing with... The Vietnam generation, I, uh, the the first desert storm, then Iraq, Afghanistan, and whatever the fuck else is going on now, like, yeah, and then yeah, all the peacetime. We've been at war
1: for the, 20 years. There's, there's sons. My son's in the army. Damn. You know, you know it's, it's, it is what it is. There's multi-generational war.
0: You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You think, oh, this may be off topic a little bit, but do you think the VA would be better suited if it, some of it was privatized? Do you think... Having or given given vets the option to see a, a private doctor, do you think that would have a positive impact? It it would it would have a positive impact on us. But it, can, can I put my tinfoil hat
2: on real quick? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Smelly Butler, they tell us all about him in boot camp. Yeah, right. That war horse, again, general, two Medal of honors. Right. People don't even live to tell about the first one. This man got two. Right. Thirty year war horse. Right they tell us about all his accolades, but they don't tell us about what happens when he got back, right? When he retired, when he retired, there were a hundred thousand angry veterans, right? Because the VA, there was nobody taking care of those veterans. This is post-World War I Mm -hmm. and the five richest businessmen in the, in the country at the time, they were trying to get Woodrow Wilson to go to war, right? Because they profited off the war. And he was like, no. So, they went to Smedley Butler and they were like, hey, you, you, your war is your game. He's like, look, we want you to, to run a coup d'etat, overthrow the White House. We'll put you in charge and then we'll just keep going to war and we're all going to make money. And Smedley Butler was like, go fuck yourself. Then he realized that his service, like everything that he did was in, it was for war profiteering. So he wrote the book, War is a Racket. And one of the quotes that I like quoting is like, he said, war is a racket. It is and it always has been. It is possibly the oldest, surely the most vicious and easily the most profitable. It is the only racket in which profits are working in dollars and losses in lives. So, like I said, with the tinfoil hat on, I don't think that the VA is made to fix us. It's just made to put a band-aid because if there were people that were going to do a coup d'etat, Who would it be? The ones that know the weapon system, the ones that have prior war experience, the ones that know how uh, tactics like we we, if we all came together and we were all like not broken and we wanted to do something crazy like that, we could. Oh, yeah. I've
1: been saying that. So (laughs) let's talk. Let's put the Four hat on. So my answer would be almost (coughs) the exact same thing. I think that taking taking. the VA and the benefits for veterans and privatizing some of it in the private sector, giving veterans options. I think what you said, Drew is absolutely right. That in theory on paper would benefit veterans. The problem is, is that immediately, like you said, immediately private sector takes advantage and, and somebody's making money. Somebody's ch- exchanges hand. Once you let You know, As crappy as the VA system is, once you let private companies start billing for veteran VA benefits, and they they do some of that now a little bit, but if if you took it to the next level like you're talking about, Brian, I just think that money makes the world go round, and those dollars would be unlimited, and there'd be senators and congressmen and women greasing their palms. I need a VA hospital with private whatever in my state, blah, blah, blah. I agree with you hundred percent. Keep it
2: it would be the same thing like they're doing with the jails. They're privatizing prisons yeah. and look, look what happens. It'd be the yeah. same thing. And then when you, you start, you start giving now? private companies
1: taxpayer dollars, it's just it's just abuse. It's abuse. It's why the army and the marine corps pay seventy-five dollars <laughs> for a hammer. It's the same thing. You yeah. know, you but know, it's uh right, you know, in another tinfoil hat I mean, take a look at, you know the year we've had or the past year, you know, 2020, regardless of how you feel politically, I've, I've sat around with some of my buddies and said, you know what the, the guys like us three and friends of ours have sat through this whole thing. Right. I I Mm -hmm. haven't really heard a lot of the us really speak out. I mean, let's take some of the most famous guys that we know, right? Like Jocko, everybody knows who Jocko is. Jocko throughout the entire year didn't take, really a political stance on anything. Those types of guys, you know, break in case of war. You know, 20 of us could have went and handled riots in Detroit. You want 20 of us goons pulling up in yeah. body, body armor and mask? We just shut that down in a heartbeat T or whoever it is, right? And then we would have disappeared and nobody would have known what happened. Like, that shit that
2: like, happened at the Capitol, we would have shut that shit down real yeah, right fast. If you,
1: if you really had... If you really had goons handling that stuff, right? I I just don't think people understand it and want the jockos of the world. You know, I'm I'm not a jocko, not a Navy Seal.
2: Yeah, I get But
1: but I was tactically trained. I'm I'm very proficient in firearms, and I went to to demo school. I can blow shit up, like yeah, you know, like it's they don't want they don't want. You know, there is something about keeping that separate and not fixing those problems. Because if we have to call on everybody to go back to, well, you know, I don't know, we'll be here all night talking about.
2: <laughs> no, I, I get it. Stuff. Something else just popped up. And I'm gonna say it real quick. Yeah, sure. those just popped up for me too. Another part of that too is that if you think about the military dynamic, right? It didn't matter if we were black, white, Asian, Hispanic, nothing. The military is a place that racism just can't live, in, right. the, in my experience, right? You had dark green dark marines and you had light green marines. Like we we all functioned like that. I remember being the, the country boys from Texas that never even seen a black person and then end up their best friends. So in that aspect, right, I feel like the powers that be are always trying to get us to fight over bullshit. Right. So that we can't pay attention to what's going on at the top.
1: Exactly. Right.
2: So they want they want us to fight about racism. They want us to fight about whatever. But uh, there's there's a there's a Black Panther that was actually assassinated. His name was Fred Hampton. I don't know if you've seen the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. But uh, I have. Yeah. Okay, So Fred Hampton, he was trying to bring all the poor people together, all the, 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 the poor people together, black, white, Indian, the metal. Because he said it, he's like, it's not about race, it's about class. He's like, you have those in the upper class that are oppressing those in the lower class and they make us fight over racism. So you have this group of people like us who, it, it, it didn't really exist because we were focused on mission accomplishment and taking care of our home. Now,
1: now I will say that like in every um, occupation, in every walk of life, there's some idiots, there's some bigots, some dumbasses in the military. Of but, course. But, like, to your point, it, it was impossible for them to thrive. Boom. You, you either changed your train of thought, you changed yourself, because it's something you can change. Nobody's born yeah. that way. It, you're taught that. You're taught racist. Sure. Like, I don't think anybody's born a racist. Their parents teach it to them.
2: Yeah, you're a direct reflection of your leadership.
1: Yep. And so you either changed your your step or you got washed out. I mean, and and to me, I you know, I'm white. You're obviously a man of color. The Like for me, I laugh at some of this stuff because I sat in a foxhole. Some of my closest friends, you know, were guys of color, Hispanics. I have an adopted brother and sister, two brothers and a sister that are black, half black. Yeah. Like, and, you know. I get a lot of, because I'm bald and tattooed with the Viking beard, I get a lot of that look, <coughs> like, oh, who's this dude? <coughs> you know, nation-looking dude. And I just yeah. laugh. You know, I just laugh about it. But it's, I mean, I shouldn't be laughing about it, I guess. But it, it's my military background and the way my parents raised me that i I just look at it and I go, yeah, there's idiots in the world, but that's not how this world works. That's not how this should work, yeah. right? And I don't think the average American thinks that way. Everybody has tendencies. Everybody has some stereotypes for whatever. But true racism is taught by parents. And I just don't think it is as prevalent. For sure in the military, it's not. You know, Yeah. Of course. Like I've you said, I got
2: pockets of idiots. Yep.
1: Yeah, and, and granted, granted, I've never been a young black man, uh, you know, in Atlanta, Georgia. So I can't speak to that, you know. But in my experiences... I laugh at it I blow it off I treat every man with respect and I think that comes from one it comes from my parents and two from the military to your point like it just it doesn't thrive in that environment you get washed out yeah it it can't thrive
2: yeah no yeah exactly it can't it can't thrive definitely can't thrive
0: but yeah that's a good point and it is kind of strange to see that like for all the years we were told like we have to ignore color and everyone you know like martin luther king said right judge people based on their character not their color and all all of a sudden this last year it's been well we have to divide everyone amongst color and some of these colleges are doing like segregated graduations like what is this like i why are it's it's almost like we've gone backwards in last year it's the weirdest thing and i it's funny what you said about making people fight amongst each other and it seems like keeping that tinfoil hat on, it almost seems like everything is a conspiracy. You know, they want the mm-hmm. veterans comfortably numb. So they don't really mm-hmm. fight back just enough to keep them kind of, you know, complacent. And mm-hmm. you throw out this, you throw these bones to the American public of, well, your neighbors a racist, right? He's coming to get you. Right. And now everybody's fighting. Meanwhile, the people that are promoting all this are getting rich and making all kinds of money off all kinds of crazy stuff.
1: That's yeah, exactly yeah. what Drew said. It's, it's yeah. the people at the top, the upper class, want it, they use racism as a tool to make everybody hate each other. Yeah, That's exactly, yeah. that's the greatest and way I've, I've heard it put in the last year. It's like there's this class of, of the haves, right, that are mm-hmm. just, they want the average American, not the average American even more, they want even the kids on the TikToks yeah. and the of social media. They want these kids because they're teaching them. That it's, yeah,
2: it's crazy. And,
0: and, well, and that well, is what real. happened
2: to the Occupy movement, right? Those yeah. occupiers of black, white, Hispanic didn't matter. Occupy, all, oh, Occupy Wall Street. Those people were just sitting. Yeah. And then they introduced Trayvon Martin. And then all of those police shootings started getting a lot of, a lot of media. And that's when people just started fighting over racism. They forgot all about the Occupy movement. So yeah, we can talk about this shit all night, but yeah. you know what I mean? No, no,
1: I agree with you 100. It's, it's, I'm gonna put this shiny shit over here. Look over here, cause I don't want you looking at this hand, cause this hand's reaching in your pocket. That's when people ask yeah. me about politics. I, we all have our passions, and we we vote based upon our passions. I'm neither right nor am I left. I vote based upon my passions, but I definitely believe that the. Our representatives no longer represent us. They yeah. represent their pocketbook, and they want contention. They want war. They want yeah. infighting because it just gives them control, and it yeah. continues to line their pockets. That's,
0: that's my political point of view. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good point. It kind of ties into, I mean, even jujitsu. It's like it almost seems like people that are self-reliant, people that are healthy, that are in shape, that are independent, it almost seems like that's looked down upon you know and toxic it's, masculinity yeah exactly if like you i mean i don't have any tattoos but like you guys tattoos you know you <laughs> know you know how to defend yourselves it's like all of a sudden that's bad it's like wait a minute you can protect yourself you can provide for your family you don't hate the people around you well wait a minute, there's some. you're the bad guy it's it's the weirdest yeah. thing i yeah. and that's kind of that's one of the reasons why i started this show it's like nobody owes you anything. There's so much opportunity out there to do whatever you want, but there's this outside force that's telling people, no, you have to be dependent. Like you, other people have stuff cause they stole it from you. It's, it's the weirdest thing, man. Yeah. And we could talk about this all night, like you said, but it's, th- that's what Ben and I are trying to do. It's like, man, we got to put all that stuff aside. We're all on the same team in a way we're all Americans. Right. And yeah. everyone kind of identifies in different ways, but I think we're all Americans first. If you serve in the military, all veterans need to stick together. And I think if you like, like we're talking about, if you have these large groups that are unified for a common goal, whether you're in the military, whether you're just an American, people are trying to break that down. And it's the craziest thing. Like nobody, they don't want you to be in shape. They don't want you to defend yourself. They don't want you to, (laughs) Have a good job. You know, it it they want you to have just enough money to where you can survive, but not enough to really succeed. And you see mm-hmm. that pattern repeat. It's like I mean, now that we're talking about it, we can go you see it everywhere. It's crazy to, to really sit down and and, and think about it. Yeah. Ah, sorry. <laughs> we're getting oh, this a little bit uh, I love this stuff.
1: This is why, so Drew, let's circle back. So yeah. You come back from your injury, you're you're taking, you're, you're prescribed these medications and you looked yourself in the mirror and you said, hey, I got to do something different. This has got to be fixed. So you started, is that when you started your gym or? No, no,
2: no. Take us so, through that. Okay, so I'm a blue, so I came back, I was a blue belt. And after 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 I started training again, that's when I got my purple belt. So within the time of me coming back I got my blue belt working towards my purple and now I'm fired up Right, I'm like okay I gotta figure out how to fix myself so I can help inspire others to do the same so when my mom and dad split when I was 14 I used to write Um, I used to just take the thoughts of whatever I had and I used to string them together on paper made it sound cool and it was like my poetry And then when I started to perform it and people liked it, I'm like, oh, I must have a voice. So let me put a message behind this. So during that time, I was like, you know what? Let me let me uh, start performing. And I wrote a piece called Post Traumatic Growth. Now, during at this time that I wrote it, I was so angry that more guys have died because more guys have died from suicide than they have from the war itself I was pissed so I wrote this piece called post-traumatic growth and my boy Elliot he's a YouTuber he posted it on his channel it was a crazy video I'm ripping off my uniform that's like when I was with the Iraq veterans versus the the war like it was like it was craziness but uh I did that video and that's what started to get people to know about me and like want to perform at their events and Man, I I remember I performed this one event that had a whole bunch of, like, bikers that were, like, Vietnam vets. And I thought they were going to be pissed that I was talking about this. And, like, most of the room were in tears after I was done. Like, it was that powerful. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, there's a purpose behind this. So I kept going. And that sprouted into me joining up with three other veterans. And we called ourselves the Combat Hippies. (laughs) And we created a theatrical performance, like a, like a show, that we toured around South Florida for like three years. And uh, you know, our message was to share our stories, but to inspire post traumatic growth. Because
1: I, I like I heard, the term. I like that term. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I
2: heard Tony Robbins say it like back in like 2012. And I'm like,
1: yes. Oh, don't I say like that.
2: that. I'm just gonna say I heard Drew say it. Drew, hey, there you go. <laughs> post it yeah. yeah so post-traumatic growth is like uh i i, I latched onto that and i'm like yes like there has to be a way for like what i said like there has to be a way for us to fix ourselves and inspire others to do the same so that lasted for three years and then uh during that process i went from purple to brown and i shifted oh and then what I do, I started, I started mentoring kids, started mentoring kids. So it was like, I wanted to serve both veterans and kids because I found a lot of purpose and service to others. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Like usually, okay. I started that path when I was 17 service to others. So it just, it just fell like right along with my purpose. And I remember how I started working with, with youth was one of my friends invited me to some some event that she had and there was a kid there in uh one of the worst neighborhoods in Broward County um and for a lot of the and uh there was this kid who had who had a a scar that was like this big uh was like six inches right and it was stitched up and I'm like how the hell did you get that and he's like oh I got stabbed and he started yeah and he started but he was cool he's like yeah I just got stabbed by this dude and and the kid was so intelligent. Like, we're talking about books we've read, and he's, he's showing me beats that he's made. And I was like, damn, like, this kid is, is, is super intelligent. And then he started describing to me, like, where he lived. And it sounded like a war zone. And I was America. like, yo, where he lives, yeah, where he lives sounds like Iraq. So that's what made me understand that, oh, these kids experience PTSD the same way that I do. So if I could figure out a way to get post-traumatic growth, then they can too, So which is what made me want to work with youth. And I worked with youth for like two years, and it was great. And then I got my black belt. And when I got my black belt, it was funny because the school that I was at, they closed down on a Wednesday because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then I got my black belt that same night and I started my school that Monday. Wow. Yeah, it it was like it God, the universe, whatever. Like it was like threw me on the right path. That's awesome. Yeah. And I've been there, I've been doing this since September, and it's been absolutely amazing. Cause I remember like we 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 joke a lot, but we train hard. Mm-hmm. And I have so many like black belt homies like Jujitsu. He's a, he's a guy on YouTube that has like so many followers. Like people love him. He came to my gym. And I have like my coach Will Abreo. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many there's so many homies that I got coming through. So it's like these guys get like a free seminar like at least like once a month. Right. Uh-huh. And we have so much fun. And and I remember looking at my brother. My brother's a marine too. And I'm like, damn, like this is such a cool gym. And he's like, Drew, you created the gym that you always wanted. And I'm like, oh shit, I did do that. <laughs> and, uh yeah, and I'm running it with my cousin Devin, who's who's like wh- like my best friend and cousin, like wrapped up in the one. And it's
0: been great. Uh yeah, it's been it's been it's been real good. How, so when you uh, what goes into starting a jujitsu gym? I mean, I, I know there's a lot to it, but as far as like are there different disciplines, or are the different um I mean I know there's more than it's not just jujitsu, there's different um And I'm, I'm lost for words here, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how'd you decide on what, what techniques to use? I mean, I'm curious because I don't know anything about jujitsu. So that's why I'm I'm asking for total ignorance here. I mean, jujitsu is so fast. Yeah. There's
2: so many things to do with jujitsu itself, right? Because you have being on the top and being on the top, you have so many different things you could do because jujitsu is mainly just ground
0: fighting. Okay.
2: Right. So everything you see they do on the ground on you Uf- in UFC. So it's it's really how to control a person, how to submit them using various techniques. Right. You could submit them in the upper body, you could submit lower body. And there was a big uh knowledge technical discrepancy like with, with uh, in the jiu-jitsu community when it came to leg locks. A lot of people frowned upon it, like the old school Brazilians didn't like it. And a lot of people didn't know how to do it. Okay. And when I was a brown belt, I I did a match against one of my—he's like my jujitsu bestie now—against uh, my boy Tony, and he was a leg locker. And he didn't—he didn't leg lock me. He almost did, but after our match, I was like, "Yo, show me this." So I started taking private lessons against uh, with the dude I competed against, yeah. and I learned leg locks from him. And then I just. So, and I became proficient at them. So, um, hello. We got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I became, I became, you know, I, I became proficient at them. So one thing that my students know how to do is leg locks. And that kind of puts them ahead of the game because a lot of people don't know how to do it. Okay. Right. And they know how to defend it. A lot of people don't know how to defend leg locks. They're scared of it. So that's just one aspect. Like, that's what I specialize in. Okay. But um, as far as, like, what I choose to teach, I I, I can't give them jujitsu. I can just kind of offer guidance. So I make them drill the basics over and over and over in different okay. ways. And then I'll offer special techniques. Like, here's how you do a heel hook. Here's how you do an ankle lock. This is how you add it into what we've been working on that is part of the basics. Okay and then anytime they go out to a tournament um they're screaming my head off <laughs> supporting them laughing with them joking with them supporting them like that's you know that's okay. what I do so
1: uh we hear a lot about um lineage right like you if you're going to go try a gym you should look at the instructor and the lineage you know so so who
2: was your guy you said uh, what did you say his name was all right, so <clears throat> here's the thing about, about my lineage. Uh, I was promoted by by Kenny Grandino and A.J. Souza. It was a crow promotion, right? Kenny's lineage goes up to Fada, which was one of the... He was one of the guys, one of the original guys that was around, but he wasn't a Gracie. Okay. And his school was one of the first schools to do leg locks, and they didn't really like it. You know, oh, so they were okay. like the rebels in Brazil doing that stuff, and then uh, AJ's lineage is through Pablo Popovich, which was the Gracie lineage. So, I mean, I <laughs> my journey just took bounce me all around the place. Right, so right. I, I know people say that it's important, but I I say what's important is like the jujitsu that your instructor is giving you, right. If your guys so are how, people, how can a
1: how can a listener of ours uh let's say they they hear us and they go man I want to try and get into this and they go down to the local gym what should they look for to know whether or not this is a hoax or if it's oh. worth the time you know what I'm saying
2: Well I mean first of all I mean, we could just read reviews right We could read yeah. reviews to yeah. know if they're full of shit or not but also I think what's more important than the lineage is the environment because not everybody's your tribe. Not everybody's going to fit your vibe, right? A real serious person who's, like, all about, like, all about the rules and the traditions and wants to be, like, like a, like a, like a martial artist, right? A martial artist, like a Japanese kind of martial artist, very traditional. They're not going to survive a day in my gym because I'm cussing at you and I'm talking shit. And I'm, I, when I'm rolling, which is sparring for people that don't know, I'm talking shit. You know, my favorite quote that people quote me on is, what you going to do besides piss me off right now when they start getting a better position? <laughs> Especially, like, one of my like, bigger purple belts that are, like, just getting, like, a better position. Strong yeah, bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm like, what are you going to do besides piss me off? Because I like use the shit talk because that's my black belt secret. You know what I mean? Right. I have to use that so it'll beat me up too bad. So, so yeah. So, I'd say more so go try it. Read the reviews first. Make sure it's legit, a legit gym. The reviews will tell you. But once you get there, see if they're your vibe. See if that could be a part of your tribe. Because a lot of people they try to be traditional. I never really fell into that. I didn't like it. Uh, I was never. I'm never. I'm a rebel. You know what I mean? So if you're a rebel, find a rebel gym. If you're a traditionalist, go to the traditionalist.
1: It's great advice. You know of any good uh, gyms in Vegas?
2: <laughs> Bro, Vegas is full of. It's on every corner. That's how I'm asking. Period yeah hey you know what just 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 hook up with me offline and uh it it it, show me your area and i'll look for you all
1: right all right
2: yeah, yeah. dd
1: dd 214 has the uh they have like that gym location. we're
2: veterans trained
1: yeah yeah and they the one they have is it looks like it's uh it's called like the the ninth island gym and it's, yeah. it looks like it's a bunch of big-ass hawaiian dudes i don't know if i want to <laughs> go down there man you know hey brother let yeah. me break your leg, you know, or something. I don't know. I, I'm thinking about it, man. And I told but, you, I just
2: don't want to get beat up, you know? But see, that's the thing. That's the beauty of it. You can walk into a gym right now and get beat up by a 17-year-old girl that knows her shit. And it humbles you.
1: Yeah. I could get beat up by a 17-year-old girl at Walmart, you know, <laughs> <alone> at, a,
2: <laughs> at a BJ Chase, you know? <laughs> yeah. But oh, it you will realize, like, all you got to do is just tap out and keep going. You know, the, if you're if you're worried about who's tapping you and like getting your ass kicked or whatever, you you missed it. Got to be humble. Yeah, you missed the point.
1: I, I'm the, joking.
2: I'm joking. No, no, I know, I know. But I, I'm I'm talking about it because uh, somebody was really harping on that the other day, and I met people who won't lose a round in the gym, and it's like, and I met black belts like that that won't lose a round in the gym, and it's like, yo, like you missed the point completely like if you're so that's just your ego driving you at that point yeah Yeah. you know what because jujitsu isn't just about the fighting it's the therapeutic aspect right it's the connection that you have with other people it's the trust that you have to have with people i have to trust you that if you're choking me and i go like this you're gonna let go right there's so much the camaraderie right we kick each other's ass and then afterwards we're laying on the mats like this and we're just talking all that shit that we used to experience in the field, or we're just just chilling. All right, right. Sitting in the foxhole, in the foxhole, it's the yep. same vibe, which is what kept me in jujitsu for so long. Because it's just it's more than the fighting. The fighting's cool, right? I walk into anywhere right now confident, you know, because I understand if something pops off, nine times out of ten I'll be able to handle it, you know. I don't give, like, you know, so that's jujitsu give me many gifts outside just being able to defend myself.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Great way <laughs> to say that. So yeah. what else? So what else you got going on? Motivational. I mean, you you uh you're a, on your Instagram. You got a great uh, title. I got to look at it real quick. Hold on. Just, <laughs> I, I love your title on your. Uh,
0: on your uh, Instagram. What were you going to say, Brian? Well, no, I was gonna say, we got to get on this this jujitsu stuff. Everyone, I know, keep, I got to. We're on, we're get so on this far jiu-jitsu. behind. No, so so
1: his his Instagram it says Drew Phoenix, which is by the way, listeners, it's Andrew Cuthbert, and his <laughs> alter ego is Drew Phoenix. So you're talking yep. to Drew Phoenix tonight, yeah? Uh, man, father, warrior, shaman, black belt, professor. I love it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <The professor. laughs> I was oh,
1: Wordsmith too. Wordsmith,
2: baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Those those titles, like I take I take to the heart. I feel like that that's like my purpose on this planet. You know, I'm a man. You know, but I'm also a father. Right, I have a two year old man. I love that kid. And we I, have, saw we your, a, I
1: saw your post the other day that was like, you know, of all the things I got a black belt on my, you know, and I'm I'm misquoting you. Yeah. But, sure. you know, but you said the greatest title I have is father to my son, and you named his name. I, I'm not gonna put your kids' Khalil. name out on okay, oh you did, all right. Yeah. But but uh put his name I, I, there. yeah, yeah. It's I smart uh, <laughs> Khalil. So Khalil yeah. being Khalil's father is is at the top of the list, and I I appreciate yeah. that. I relate to that. I got five kids, uh, a grandkid, oh, yeah. and one one uh, second grandkid on the way. Jesus! But, oh yeah, I started young, man. I was uh, yeah. That's
2: why. That's, <laughs> Keep that's it in all. Pants, bro. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I've only. Yeah, you know, I tell people all the time. I've only had sex five times, and now I got five kids. So
2: damn. You
1: know, <laughs> no, I, I'm with you though. You know, as much as being a parent is sometimes the most difficult job on the planet and they make you angry. your, your son's still young yet. Right. So wait yeah.
0: till you
1: got, wait till you got some, when, when he's a teenager and, and, you know, sometimes you want to put his head through the wall, but then you sit back and it's just, it's this unconditional, you know, yeah. there's, there's dudes out there, right. That when they make you mad, you can write them off and it's, you're done. Get away from me, dude. I'm done
2: Yeah,
1: with your children as angry as you get it's it's a miraculous feeling man it's like you could be more angry than you've ever been at anything on the planet and then you turn around you're like hey man let's go get an ice cream cone you know like and it's done like you don't hold on to that and there's it's unconditional love unconditional love and it's genetic there's something having to do with the genetics involved with that you know that oh yeah I, i never understand we all know we all know somebody, right, that is just not the best parent, right? And she probably shouldn't yeah. be a parent. And I've never understood it. I've never understood how you can't, like, that's just your life and your light and everything about it is is what you want to live for, you know. It, it, yeah. I'm with you on that. I read that post the other day. I was like, man, I like, you know, <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I feel,
2: you know. But anyway. Yeah. And, and I'm glad we're talking about this because, you know, I, I I didn't have very many uh, male role models growing up. And even when I thought I was a man, I really was just like a little boy trying to like, I'm a man, you know, because every ancient culture had a rite of passage for us to kill the little boys inside of us, for us to become men. You know, the one of the most extreme cases is still going on to this day. Are the the kids in the Amazon that have to put their hands in those gloves that have the bullet ants? You know what I'm talking about? Have, yeah, you heard have of that. Yeah. yeah, and they can't scream, cry, or anything, and they have to keep. And you know, sitting there being bit by hundreds of bullet ants. You know, what I mean, that's tough. But it literally kills the little boy inside of you. Yeah. You know, women women literally have like a blood sacrifice into womanhood. Like once they get their first period. You know what I mean? Like it's like a blood sacrifice into womanhood. And I'm not saying that womanhood is 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 diminished to just having children, but it's part of what makes them a woman. You know what I mean? Right. We don't have that. We don't have something that happens within our body that makes us a man. Like, no.
1: Right. Honestly, so honestly, they're it's getting taken away more and more, you know, to be masculine is becoming
2: less and less popular. Yeah. And fuck that. Yep. so yep. I just started this Sunday actually and it's crazy that it's Father's Day but it's not this little, that's, that's uh, not coincidence what is it called um, huh? no it's not coincidence ah, what do the spiritual guys call it Um, divine intervention no that's cool too but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna remember I know. it later but whatever revelation Day. no it's not a revelation it's uh
0: i don't i know we're all thinking of the we're all thinking of the word it's in our brain somewhere i just can't it's it's gonna come it's not coincidence though shit
2: yeah all right but uh i'll remember it later yeah but uh yeah but it's on father's day right so what i what i'm starting is every sunday any any man in the community is is welcome to my gym for an open mat that's where we just come together just do jujitsu, right now, it's already in my schedule, but anybody from the community could come now. Uh, and then at 1.30, we're having a man's circle where we're going to come together and we're going to discuss books such as... The, we're going to have guided discussions uh, discussing books such as uh, The Way of the Superior Man, No More Mr. Nice Guy, King Warrior, Magician Lover, uh, all these different books that talk about masculine virtue. And we're going to bring you know things to the table, lessons that we've learned And at the end of every – do dynamic meditation, learn how to properly focus our emotions into something and learn how to be better providers, guiders, and leaders, you know, and fathers and husbands and sons, like, you know, all across the board. That's what we're doing every Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because it's one thing to say – I mean, we're sitting here kind of having this joking conversation about it, right? But it's one thing to say – like oh they're taking away masculinity and you know but what i'm getting from you and i'm sure you agree with me is is that you're not taking away from there's there's a difference between being masculine and being a man and being a chauvinist right you're yeah. not saying oh, be a chauvinist different. respect you know res- part of being a real man is in my opinion respecting women like you know i still open doors for yeah. women i st- i try to you know i i say yes ma'am when i can you know when i remember you know and treating with women with respect is part of what uh, the american culture is actually losing this right like we're taking yeah. away masculinity but at the same time we're taking away respect we're not teaching men young men Or boys to respect women either and i think that's what you're saying is like we're gonna come together i haven't read those books but i've I've read i've read a book called um the demasculization of the american man and it talks about
2: oh yeah i gotta yeah that's another one that we got to bring up but yeah no you're right because uh the the way like the way of the superior man is to be tender and aggressive right I always tell my the, my mentees or people that I talk to is like, look, a woman wants you to be a dick. Soft when you need to be soft and hard when you need to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? As soon as this episode is over, I'm walking into the kitchen and I'm gonna say that. <laughs> and watch your face like what? I don't want you to be a dick. Nope. Soft when I need to be soft and hard when I need to be hard. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right? And there's yeah. a difference. There's I mean there's it's, science. it's science. It's science. It's science. right we can't we can't walk around here like you imagine walking around with the boner knocking shit off the table or whatever yeah you know what i mean like that's me on a saturday night but you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know imagine monday morning tuesday yeah Yeah, tuesday Tuesday. afternoon like everything like you're just knocking shit up she's like yo put that thing away you already got five you know what i mean you're not one anymore no i can't even think about that
1: kind of stuff yeah (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm with you, man, because it's it goes hand in hand. I mean, if whether you're religious or scientific, right, you look back in history, you like you said, every great culture had uh, you know, like a uh damn it, now I'm forgetting words, but the you a write, know, a passage. Like write a passage. Um, if you're religious, go look in the Bible. There weren't feminine men in the Bible. You know, um, they were all fighting, defending their families, putting yeah. food on the table, but then you know, whether you believe the Koran, whatever scripture it is, but then when they got to the house, they were humble, they were kind to yeah. them. they respected their families, you know, and yeah. that's, you know, so wh- wherever you land on that spectrum, it's, I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I wish I was in Fort Lauderdale. I'd be there Sunday, man. I, <laughs> I don't know about Yeah,
2: me. man. And, and if I you ever like, come through, come through. Come to the gym, come train. Yeah, you ever, I'd be, you ever I'd be like a trance transparent belt but uh i don't even have a color (laughs) whatever (laughs) Whatever. but yeah you know it's it's important it's important to understand that that warrior energy right she's gonna like it because it's it's she's gonna feel protected around it but you you imagine a woman looking at you as the protector right she feels safe when she's with you and then now you take that warrior energy and you start swinging your sword at her yeah no no no, never right? understood it. Me neither. Never understood. But, the, it. but it's become such such a norm in our society where it's like, oh, women are bitches, right? And and we got to treat them like this. It, it, it I don't know. There, there, there's just there's not enough older men teaching younger men how to be men, right? And another big problem is that there's a there, men don't know what to do with their emotions because people tell them that them being emotional is wrong. Right. So then they become cold. And then when they become cold, they say that's wrong. So nobody yeah. knows how to fucking act. Yeah. And then right? social, and if- social media
1: is giving us these, just like for young women. um, I've always said that it's, it's gotta be impossible to be a young woman today with, you know, you gotta look this way on social media is telling you, you gotta, look like this person and be this weight and have all these things. Right. But just saying, just like us, or just like the young women, young males are looking and, you know, it's gotta be the bling bling. And you gotta have, you know, nobody's on social media going, this is what it's like to be a dad, you know, in the suburbs or just, you know, grinding away as an accountant, you know, that's what you're striving to be. Nobody's, you know, nobody sees that, you know, there's no examples of, you know, Whatever family to come home to and take care of your family—it's just not on social media.
2: But well, my bro- my boy Elliot, right? He has 2 million, uh, 2 million subscribers on YouTube. Wow! And now he is all about that, right? He he's a little he he's he's Catholic now, and like he's all about family and being a provider and being a protector or whatever. And people just demonize him. His comments are lit up with hate. And he's really fighting for the traditional family. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's like, how, how could you be against the traditional family? Like wanting, like, and I've seen Elliot with his wife. And he's the provider, right? He makes millions of dollars and brings it home and she takes care of the household. Huh. And it's a mutually respected relationship and they love each other. You know, she appreciates him and she tells the kids to appreciate their dad because he's going out there. And, and doing what he has to do to provide. And in turn, he appreciates her for her taking care of everything else, taking care of the family so that he could go out there and do that. You know, she cooks, he washes the dishes. You know, he gets up before everybody, makes them breakfast. Like, what is wrong with that
0: type of living? Nothing, nothing. Nothing's wrong with no. that. I, so I think a lot of people get caught up and they they forget that it's a sacrifice. And they, I think people get self-conscious and they get insecure about certain things and they're not willing to just kind of let it all go, you know, and maybe a lot of that's, you know, like men that beat their wives or their girlfriends, right. It, it comes from a place of insecurity, you know, it's, yeah. and, and I think that's real prevalent in society. And, and it's like, you know what? So what I go to work, I'll, I'll wash the dishes. I don't care. You know, It. you got to yeah. let some of that stuff go because at the end of the day, like, just like you said, you're all working together for the same purpose, right. To, to protect that family and to raise that family. And for sure. you know, some kids didn't asked to be here, yeah, exactly, yeah. so hey man, so we ask
1: every uh we ask every guest that comes on, we ask them uh if you had one piece of advice for for somebody out there right that maybe is trying to start a business, trying to make a change in their life, gonna go to the gym, whatever it is, um going from zero to one, right that first step, if you had one piece of advice
2: what would that be make the choice right whatever it is that you want to do make the fucking choice and just go after it one and 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 in making that choice to go after what it is that you want so choose i want a business right i if you're depressed or whatever i want to be happy you know whatever it is that you want to do you make the choice and then understand along that journey that you have to put in the work, read the books, go get therapy, do what you have to do to make your mind stronger than your emotions. That's because awesome. You, because once your, once your logic can override your feelings, then you will be a powerful man. Because you're not disregarding your feelings, but you're putting them in their proper place. And you're able to focus on your mission. Don't forget what they taught us in the military. Mission accomplishment, then troop welfare. They're in that order for a reason. Because the mind stronger than the emotions.
1: (laughs) I love it. That's great advice. So tell, uh, man, I got to get down to Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to be honest. I might just take a Drew Drew Phoenix vacation. I feel like I could just be hanging out
2: talking smack with you man
1: But yeah. uh t- maybe
2: i, should, maybe I should host some retreats down here <laughs> i'm there you do it. revival retreats and shit. you do it
1: i'm there i'm coming right. and, I, and i'll bring i'll bring some guys with us all but, right uh, tell all of our listeners where they can find you where they can find your gym um, on uh, social media websites and then if you got any specific charities that you like to be a part of or you support give them a shout out We'll put all this in the in the show notes, but but do that for us
2: real quick. All right. So I'm at Drew D R U underscore Phoenix P H O E N I X, and then uh, follow my gym too, which is going to be in my bio. It's at A and and spelled out B J J. Um, that's my gym page, and then uh, any specific nonprofits. Oh course we defy we defy excellent where we actually we defy partner i signed the paperwork today um veterans can come train for with us uh you know come holler at me and we'll get you get you squared away also um mission 22 they're also a supporter of our gym uh they have some something you know vets could train for free for a certain amount of time under them too and then, uh, yeah, shout out to Duke DD214 for all these cool shirts. They sent me a gi for my black belt gift. They're fucking awesome. Um, yeah. Did they sent you the Marine? Which one did they send you? I got a black and, uh, and, and olive drop. Oh, threading. okay.
1: I know what you're trying to it's, yeah. it's
2: dope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How cool was that uh, that special edition thing they did, man?
2: Oh, my God. That soul armor gi. Oh
1: you know, when he was explaining it to us and, and I know it's getting late, but when he was explaining it to us, when we had him on, he got choked up. Then I tried to jump in and save him. I got choked up. Then Brian tried to jump in and save him. Like it it was, if you've ever listened to that episode, there's a moment where like, he's kind of, you could tell he's kind of trying to hold it together. And then, so I'm trying to save him, but then I'm getting choked up. Like, I mean, that was, that was emotional. I know you're part of our, uh, you know, the Maldus Nation is, is in that, um, that veteran group with you yeah. and they, he posted that video and stuff. Oh man. I was just like, dude, gotta be kidding. Me. This who, who
2: put water is- in my eyes?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Suck that, suck that tear back up. Anyway.
2: yeah. Who's so, cutting onions? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Man, I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I absolutely enjoyed this. Um, yeah. Thanks know, for having me. Yeah, we're gonna have to stay in touch with you because for
2: sure, I feel yeah, like you
1: got big and, and bright things
2: coming ahead. So oh yeah, yes, I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, I know. It, if you guys yeah. ever down in South Florida, come through. I'll, I'll give you a first jujitsu lesson.
0: All right, I got to. I got to make it down there. I've never been to Florida. That's a good reason to do it.
2: Oh yeah, that's definitely a good reason. Come on,
0: we'll call awesome. it a fishing trip. <laughs> Boom! I can cool. get you go fishing too. <laughs> awesome. Oh yeah. Well, hey, man, it it was really awesome meeting you. It was really awesome getting to chat with you. Um, you I love everything you're doing. So thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been a real pleasure. So thanks for your time. I'm going to sign off for the night for, uh, for Ben, for Drew, Phoenix. Uh, this is Brian signing off for the Nothing Ode Podcast. Thanks, everybody. We will, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.